All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. What I'm excited, Tim. Are you? I'm excited. Oh, it's a big day. Big night. It's it's finally here. We we got through 82 games of, of some ups and downs. You know, not a lot of cancellations this year, which was great. No COVID-related breaks, and we made it. It's the playoffs. This is what we play the whole season for. And it's finally arrived. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This is, of course, dropping the gloves. This is gonna be our best episode ever. We had our best month ever last month, Tim. It was great. People are t- the people are clamoring for our, our insight. All things hockey, all things life, all things haircuts. A lot of positive feedback. Did you get a haircut, by the way? You look great. Yeah, I got a haircut on Saturday. Yeah. You did, of course. First one of the week, maybe one later in the week, you'll get another one. Who knows? Who knows you know your haircut is? schedule? I haven't looked this up. I think hair might grow faster down south in warm weather. Oh, I think physically on the body. Like no, your toes just, are hairy. This is my fourth, uh, my fourth haircut now. It might here. be something in the water. Maybe the weather. Maybe hair likes uh, warm weather. Maybe I should move to the south. I would have a little more up top, a little less gray. Maybe you're onto something, Tim. Maybe you could be a scientist. I don't know, but I do know that you're an expert in all things Boston Bruins. And we're going to start off our playoff preview extravaganza with the Bruins and the Canes. Take it away, Tim. Yeah, so there's a common theme that I, I kind of uncovered as I was looking at all these different previews of, of the series, and that's the goaltending. It's a big question mark for a lot of teams. Not a lot of teams have the guy in that, and that's definitely going to be a, a, the big case for this series here for the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Um, and the teams are actually quite similar as we start digging through their stats. So let's start with the goalies. Anderson, Freddie Anderson is out for game one at least. This is a huge, huge thing for the for both teams. And the starter for the Hurricanes is likely anti Ranta, although that hasn't officially been announced yet. But Anderson was their guy. He was a, a workhorse during the regular season. He totally resurrected his career. Um, and so keeping an eye on his return is going to be key. And the Bruins need to take advantage of that, which I'll get to in a few minutes. On the flip side of the ice, Elmark, Linus Elmark, is starting game one, which I thought was an interesting choice. Um, he does have more experience. You know, he's been in the league much longer than Swayman. And he's been better down the stretch. So I think that makes sense why he's why he's doing that. But he's never played a single playoff game. You know, he's been with Buffalo. They obviously weren't there. So as, as, as experienced as he is and as good as he's been for the Bruins, he – there's a lot to be unproven there. So Swayman's waiting in the wings. And I was expect to see them both in the series. I don't think it's all marks net necessarily, but it's his game to start, which I think is good. But, you know, both teams have big question marks in the net. And when does Anderson come back? Which version of Allmark are they going to see? And does Swayman come in? The Bruins, you know, they've for the last decade plus, they've had a, a rock in that. Someone that it was never a question mark. And, and now they do. So this is kind of the first time they're playing in front of these guys for a postseason run. Um, and it totally changes the whole dynamic for the Bruins kind of make up there. Um, their preseason or regular season matchup, the Hurricanes dominated the Bruins. They have more goals for, fewer goals against. And when they played the Bruins, they beat them 3 nothing. Um, so they're, they're definitely a, a stronger team and they play the Bruins really well. This is a tough matchup for Boston. Here's a couple of stats that really sort of stuck out to me. Carolina has the best penalty kill in the league. They're at 88% in the regular season, which is just 
so silly strong. Um, but both teams are really balanced, and I think that's going to be an important part of this. They have really strong defense. They're both good in the penalty kill. Um, Hurricanes are are first in the league for allowing the fewest goals or shots against per game. Um, and the Bruins were right behind them though with third. So they're 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 both really good at at shutting down forwards, at playing the perimeter, at blocking shots. Um, but they also have the ability to score goals in bunches. You know, the Bruins can that that those top two lines are as good as anyone's top six in the league. And the Hurricanes have some of the youngest, you know, stud offensive superstars around. So uh, they can both play both ends of the ice. Both teams are excellent on the draw and the face-off draw. You got Bergeron on one end, you know, the the Ajos and Jordan's dolls on the other. They're good for third in the league and fourth in the league. So they're basically tied in, on the face-off prowess. So I think that'll be a good part of this is which one, which one of them can take a step forward. And this is another one for the Bruins. They have a really tough time closing games out sometimes. They let up leads and they're really, they let up so many like goals in the last minute of a period. It happened a lot this year. That's a problem that they dealt with all season long. And this is not good for any team in the playoffs, but especially against the Hurricane because they're tied in the league, third in the league with wins after trailing by two periods. I think they had seven. Uh, seven times they came back after losing after two periods. Um, so this is they're never out of it. You can't let off the brakes on this team. Okay. I'm going to go down to the – what? You're out of breath already. Oh, I love it. I know. We're five minutes There's in. a lot to – is this the Bruins' like – favorite matchup you know who we were talking about last week who would the Bruins prefer to play whether it's Toronto Tampa Bay Carolina do you think this is there they went check we got the Hurricanes that that's the matchup we wanted well it's hard to say only because they don't play the Hurricanes very strongly um, or they didn't during the regular season however in the playoffs in the last few years they have uh, in 18-19 they swept them and the year after that they beat them in five so this is a team that they do play really strong now on the flip side of that what was Fetchnikov 19 years old back then? Aho was yeah. 20. Like these guys have developed. They've gotten a lot stronger. They've added some really good roster pieces. They also didn't have Freddie Anderson in that, which they don't for game one. But if he comes back healthy, this is a completely different team than the teams they used to beat up on. So I don't know. But again, I'd rather play them than than Florida or Tampa or Toronto. Maybe the Rangers, but I think it's close. So I think what are the, what are the, the key- keys to the series then, Tim? Yeah, for the Bruins, they have to take an early series lead. I think game one is going to be really, really important. Maybe game two as well. Um, but Freddie Anderson is, is if he's out, you need to win that game. You can't come home down 2-0. Um, so you get a shot on net, test the goalie, whoever it is, assuming it's Ranta early and often. And the Bruins are actually second in the league with shots on goal this year. So that should be something they're able to do. I think the biggest key to the, the series for the Bruins is going to be the third line. That's that's uh, Coyle, Smith, and Frederick. When the Bruins were at their most dominant stretches during the season, think back to February, parts of and March too. There was something like like eighteen and three, something like that. And during that stretch, that's when the the third line was putting up basically at least a, a goal a game. Like they were so good. And when they're rolling, they're a really tough matchup for other teams to. to to shut down. They don't just don't have a lot of teams just don't have the depth to match those guys on the third line. But the thing is they can also disappear for stretches at a time. So it depends on which version of that you're going to see, but if they're healthy, the Bruins, I, I really like their chances. And then the, thir- the third thing for the Bruins is staying healthy, especially on the back end. You've seen this team a lot, just get decimated in the playoffs of the defenseman. You know, Brandon Carlo gets uh, his concussions. You've seen Grizzlo get hurt. You've seen, uh, Clifton get hurt. You've seen others. So I like the moves they made with adding Hampus Limholm. Obviously, he's a stud. And I think a Josh Brown is going to be an underrated addition that they made because um, I think he'll see some points, some playing time too. You got Mike Riley waiting in the wings. He's their seventh defenseman. But the Bruins have been hurt a lot in the back end, and I think it's hurt them, and they got pushed around a little bit. So I think this is something that they uh, are better prepared for, but they're still going to have to stay healthy in order to, to win the series. On the flip side of this, I'm looking at the Hurricanes roster, and you think of this team as like, okay, they've got some like big young superstars up front, the Ajos, the Festnikovs, the Teravinans. They have really strong balance lines, John. I know you love Seth Jarvis. He's on the first line. He's clicking really well. They added Max Domi. He's on the second line. He's doing well. They pushed uh, Nito Niederreiter, who's a really good f- good player. He's on the third line. And the player they gave all that money to and all those picks for, Kotkaniemi, is on the fourth line. Like This is this is the balanced team. This isn't a top-heavy team that I think they used to be. Um, that said, you still need their stars to be their stars. Fetchnikov is really good. Aho is obviously terrifying. And those D'Angelo was a great piece. 
those guys need to be doing what they can do um, for the Hurricanes to have a chance. And I think I'm especially looking at Sveshnikov. He needs to step up. Last year, they, they lost in the second round and played 11 total games in the postseason, and he only had two goals. So he's kind of on the hot seat there to, to show that that was a fluke. He was pretty good in prior seasons, although they haven't gone on a stretch yet, so it's hard to say. Um, and the third key for the Hurricanes is to wear down the Bruins' defense. Like I said, they're prone to injury. They're not particularly big. They don't play particularly large. So they rely pretty heavily on Charlie McAvoy. So they can be exposed. And if I'm the Hurricanes, I'm doing everything I can to beat up on their defense, play big, force turnovers, see what see what you can do to, to push them out of the game, get them looking over their shoulder. And the, the Hurricanes have some big boys that can do that. So it'll be a good matchup. Yeah. I think all in all, when you just look at the numbers, when you look at the regular season, the the large scope of work, the Hurricanes are the better team, top to bottom. Like from from the back end out, they have a better goaltender if he's available. They have better defensemen. Their forwards are deeper and maybe not more talented top end. I think the Bruins, that's the one edge that they have on the Hurricanes. Can their top two lines take advantage of just being better? And I'm, I'm not trying to slight Aho and Shvechnikov and these guys, but there's there's a little bit of a gap between Pasternak, Marshawn, Bergeron, Hall, Halla. These guys, I think there is a if the Bruins in my mind have any chance in this series, those first two lines for the Bruins really have to outplay the Carolina Hurricanes first two lines because that's that's their advantage. I think Carolina is a deeper team. I think they can throw out four lines of, of very just serviceable lines that can go out and score goals. The Bruins have to win those first two lines. They have to be the better team, all, like the first two lines. Their superstars have to outplay the Carolina Hurricane superstars. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Bruins to to come out ahead. We'll get to the predictions later on, but very good, Tim. I'm very impressed. Just like very. Oh, I just yeah. I love. I just put it together. It. I just this whole thing. Now we we went from a high and then we're going to go completely down. I'm doing the Leafs and the Lightning. And, you know, this was hard because I dump on the Leafs. I I, just my whole life, I've never wanted them to win. I grew up in St. Catharines. All my friends were Leafs fans. I was a Bruins fan. You know, I always rooted for the Bruins. I, I hated the Leafs. But here we are, the Leafs and the Lightning preview. I would say, contrast to Boston, if you were a Toronto fan, the one team you did not want to face would be the Tampa Bay Lightning. And here we are, round one. And I, and I went back and forth on this. I was like, well, gosh, who would Toronto rather play? Who would they rather this and that? And I, and I go back and I look in their history. The last four or five years, they've obviously, everyone knows, it's been well, well broadcasted, well written. They've lost their last five first-round playoff matchups going back to 2017 when they were the underdog to the Washington Capitals. They were the, the Caps were the President's Trophy winners. They came in, they beat Toronto 4-2. Four to, four to they lose the next year to the Bruins, four to three. They lose the next year to the Bruins, four to three. They lose to the Blue Jackets. They technically didn't even make the playoffs. They lost in the qualifying round, but they lose that three to two. And then last year, everybody knows they're up three to one to the Canadians. The Canadians come back, win three straight. They lose four to three to the Canadians. So it just gets me thinking, well, who would Toronto rather play? Who cares? Last year, they played the worst team in the NHL going into the playoffs in the Montreal Canadiens. The statistically worst team. Toronto was better in every facet of the game. And they still lose. The year before that, they play the Blue Jackets, who they should have waxed, and they still lose. So it doesn't matter who they play in the first round. I think this is good for Toronto. I really do. They get to slay the Dragon early. If they have any chance of progressing in this playoffs, why not just get it out of the way? This is it. The two-time defending Stanley Cup champion coming in. We have to get over. You know, Pooper, get off the pot. This is it. This is our time. As far as pressure goes, this is a big factor for the Toronto Maple Leafs. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, no pressure at all. If they lose in the first round, who cares? They're still a two-time Stanley Cup champions. They've done their damage. I don't see them having any pressure at all. They're coming in loosey-goosey. They're playing great. Everybody's healthy. They're going to go, and they're going to do what they were meant to do throughout the regular season. They just get through the regular season, get to the playoffs, and we're going to show you what the Tampa Bay Lightning are all about. The Toronto Maple Leafs, though, boy, oh, boy. what What's their headspace right now? That's what I would like to know. They, the pressure on them is absolutely through the roof. If Tampa loses, like I said, who cares? If Toronto loses this first round, there's going to be monumental changes this offseason. 
wouldn't surprise me if Nylander gets dealt, Tavares gets dealt, Dubas maybe gets fired. O'Keefe is definitely gone. I call him O'Keefe. I call him O'Keefe all the time. It's just Keefe. There will be massive changes if Toronto loses this first-round matchup. Yes, I know they're playing Tampa Bay, and maybe there's a lot of Leafs fans that expect them to lose just because of the aura that Tampa Bay holds. But this, the, the pressure that is on these players to just try to get rid of last year, the massive collapse, get rid of the last four years where they've just failed in the first round. All of the pressure is on these Leafs, and I am interested to see how they respond to that. Because Tampa, if you look at their history, all the pressure was on them when they lost in the first round to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They were the President's Trophy winners. They came in. They were flying high. This was their year. They had gotten to the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost to Chicago. They had gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals. They had lost to the team prior. I can't remember who it was. But then they went into that season in 2019, President's Trophy champions, playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. Maybe they looked too far ahead. Columbus waxed them four straight. They responded. The very next year they came out, they won the Stanley Cup. They won it the year after. That's the response that you want. Toronto has not had that. We'll see if they can take that next step, learn from their past performances and failures. Will they be able to do that? Is that ingrained in Marner, Matthews, Nylander? Do those guys have it in them? Kucherov did. Stamkos did. Point did. Kalorin did. We will see what's going to happen moving forward. That's the big question. I want to see how Marner, Matthews, these guys respond to their failures from last year. Marner had a terrible playoffs last year. How is, how is he going to translate? He is definitely a different player this year. He's hitting more. He's back-checking more. He's shooting more. He's got 35 goals this year, which is a career high. He's a big, he's a big reason why I think Matthews hit 60. If Marner isn't shooting more, if he isn't trying to get to the net more, if he isn't using his shot, Teams are going to more focus on Matthews. Now they have to be aware of Marner because he, he's had a great season. Anyways, moving on. The top guys from Toronto, everybody knows. The top guys for Tampa Bay, everybody knows. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Kucherov, Kaloran, Point, Tavares. This is a who's who of matchups. There's all-stars all over the place. There's Hall of Famers all over the place. Where this matchup, I think, is going to be won and lost is three and four. Your third line, your fourth line. Toronto, they have skill. They have guys who can put the puck in the net in the third and fourth line. When you got Willie Nylander on your third line playing with Kempf and Engvall, fourth line, you can throw out Clifford and Blackwell and Simmons and Spezza and all these guys. Very serviceable third and fourth line. The only reason I think Tampa Bay wins this series, well, actually, I don't want to say that. Not the only reason. The main reason Tampa Bay wins this series, their third and fourth line can do absolutely everything. They do whatever you want them to do. You can match up Ross Colton versus Matthews Marner and shut them absolutely down. You can match them up versus the other team's third line. They go out and they score two goals a game. You can match them up versus the second line. That line itself, Kalorin, Colton, and Nick Paul, is a very dangerous line. They bang you. They can outskate you. They can outhit you. They can do whatever you want them to do. They're a very good third line. And then you look at Tampa Bay's fourth line. Corey Perry had 40 points this year, 19 goals, 21 assists. Patrick Maroon, everybody knows about Patrick Maroon. He's won three cups in a row. Everybody hates him. He just nonstop jibber-jabber. He's a very effective player. Throw him on the power play, throw him in front of the net, he's going to score you some goals. Pierre-Edouard Belmar, as good as fourth-line center as you want. Gets up and down the ice, he hits, keeps it simple. All of these guys are responsible. They have history of doing it in the playoffs. They're experienced. I think the difference in this series is a third and fourth line. I think Tampa Bay is built for the playoffs. Is this a regular season matchup? If they play seven regular season games, Toronto probably wins. They're more skilled on their back end. As far as a third and fourth line goes, I think they're faster. They're more skilled. That's obvious. This is a playoff matchup. This is going to be scrums after every whistle. This is going to be guys banging every inch of the ice. I think Tampa Bay's third and fourth line are built better for the playoffs. And that's just, that's just my perspective. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Toronto slays the dragon and all of a sudden these guys get up and down the ice and, and Toronto is just out of this world with a third and fourth line. But I just don't see it happen. What do you want to say, Tim? Did you see that uh, quote from Keith over the weekend where he talked about watching the tape on the, on the lightning from their two playoff runs, their two no, cup runs? He said, he said, I think they led the, I'm paraphrasing it. I think they led the league in like scrums after the whistle. I think that's a yeah. huge part of their success is getting in their opponent's face, getting in their head not letting them have any space, not letting them like, you know, skate around without, without knowing, without announcing their presence, basically. And I think that's a big reason why they do so well. 
Absolutely. And, and the Leafs can address that. They have Kyle Clifford. They have Wayne Simmons. They have some bigger bodies. Jake Muzzin, he is healthy. He's going to be back. Who knows if he's 100%. They can address that. But at what point does that cost your team skill and speed on the fourth line? If you throw Kyle Clifford out there, that, that eliminates some speed, that eliminates some, some talent, Pat Maroon's still got decent hands. If I'm saying, who do I want, Kyle Clifford or Pat Maroon, I, I would take a Pat Maroon. Corey Perry on my fourth line, he's still an agitator. He still hits. He still gets up and down the ice. The guy's a proven performer in the playoffs. Last year with Montreal, he single-handedly was just a thorn in Toronto's side. He's very effective in the playoffs. Can you say the same with um, Wayne Simmons? I don't think so. His, his best days are behind him. He's res- resorted himself into an enforcer, a fighter, a guy who just goes out and just tries to get the other team to calm down. You can't do that in the playoffs. So, yeah, there's going to be scrums. There's going to be hits. There's going to be this and that. I think Tampa Bay wins the series based on that. And, yes, I know Kasha's back. He, he's had some concussion issues. They're going to slot him on the second line, potentially. That's going to bump Wielander, Nylander down. You're going to put maybe Kerfoot on the fourth line, potentially if Bunting's back in the lineup. The Leafs are deep. The Leafs are very deep, but I just don't think they have that much of an edge when it comes to the forward lines that's going to put them over the edge when it comes to winning this series. And we're not even talking about the defense. When you look on the back end, Toronto has a, it's always been their weakness, right? Everybody talks about Toronto, their high end offensive team. They, they just run and gun. They're just all goals. They have a pretty good back end. They really, really do. Riley's and Labushkin, one and two. It's a really good one, two. Muzzin and Brody, eh, they're good. That's my one question mark. Mark Giordano and Lilligren, these two have been playing lights out since Giordano's came to Toronto. They are, they're just like peanut butter and jelly, baby. I love their matchup. Giordano's played well. That was my bad. I thought he was going to stink when he came to Toronto. He's fit in seamlessly. This is the best defensive six Toronto's had in the last five, six years going into the playoffs. This will not be their weakness. This will not be the reason they lose in the Stanley Cup Finals. If there is a reason, it's because of Jack Campbell. It is. Yes, he, he's, his game has turned around a little bit the last few weeks. He's back to what he was in the beginning of the season. But when you look at the goaltenders, and I was looking at Campbell, I'm looking at Vasilevsky. Campbell's an unproven commodity. This will be his first foray into the playoffs, really, as a proven starter. Vasilevsky, Tim, everybody knows he's good. Right. Everybody knows he's he's potentially the best goaltender of our era. Him, Carey Price, who knows? When you look at his numbers, it's incredible. He had his second worst save percentage of his career, and it was 916. 916. Most goalies would die to have a 916 save percentage in their career. And he had it this year, and it was the second worst in his career. Fast forward to the playoffs. Two years ago when they won the cup, his save percentage was 927. Last year, his save percentage was 937. Usually goalies, when they go to the playoffs, there's nerves, there's this and that. There's, there's a lot happening. He gets better. He embraces it. And don't go to game seven. All he does is get shutouts in game seven. That's all he does. He's unstoppable. So when you look at the back end, Vasilevsky, light years better than Campbell. When you look at the defense, Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, Mikhail Sergachev, Chernak, Bogosian, Foot. Like, it, it, Toronto's defense is good. Tampa Bay's is better. Toronto's goaltender is good. Tampa Bay's is much better. Toronto's forwards are really good. Tampa Bay's are better. I'm sorry. And then when you look at last year, Marner was shut down. Matthew struggled in the playoffs. Why did they struggle? Because they had to deal with Sherratt and Weber. Sherratt and Weber. Victor Hedman is way better than those defensemen. Much light years better. What are they going to do when they have to take Victor Hedman on every single night, every single shift, when they look up and they go, oh, there's Hedman again. We got to take him. Dang it. What are we going to do? Oh, we got away from Hedman. Great, great, great. Oh, we got Eric Chernak and Ryan McDonough. Chernak is a clone of Hedman, but just not as skilled. Still, still more physical, just as big, gets around the ice really good. Oh, we got rid of those two. Oh, Mikhail Sergachev. Oh, we got it. We got to face him. He's 23 year old stud. Who's just a prick to play against. This is going to be a very difficult matchup for Toronto on paper. Toronto beats them. They got, Better chances for percentage. They got a better goal for goals for percentage. They got better expected goals for percentage. They got a better power play, a better penalty kill. Everything is better on paper. Goals for per game is better. Tampa Bay wins this series. That, that, that's I'm, We're going to get to our picks later on. I just think Tampa Bay has the experience. I, I'm, I'm going way too long on this. I could do a 45-minute show on this. There's so much nuances in this series. 
How is um, Mitch Marner going to respond? How is he going to Matthews? All this. It's great. But it's, this is the most much watch, much must watch series, I think, in all of the playoffs. I think this is going to go to seven. It's going to be a fantastic series. And it's a shame that one of these teams is going to be bounced in the first round because this would be a great Eastern Conference final matchup. It really would be. Whew. All right, Tim, that's mine. Wow. All right. <laughs> what are we going to talk about next? You didn't even blink that whole time. That was great. Um, so Avalanche and Predators. And this is the one that I think most people are kind of almost not even looking too closely at. It's like Avalanche, yeah, we know we're going to win at least a couple of rounds here. I don't think it's a slam dunk. I still think they're the favorites, but I don't think it's quite the slam dunk that people would like to believe this is for, the, for Colorado. And as I look at this series, there's two big questions that come to mind. First, will Saros play? Um, and so far, it's pretty hush-hush. We don't really know. And the second one is, is this is the year that the Avalanche make the leap because they're under just as much pressure as the Oilers and the Leafs like we've already talked about. This group has been together for a while. They haven't really shown much. You've seen the frustration from the Landeskogs and McKinnons of the world. This is their year to prove something, or they could face some major changes in the offseason as well. And actually, this Nashville won this season series 3-1 to one, pretty convincingly. And this, is, this surprised me. The Avalanche have an excellent power play. Nashville's better. Does that surprise you? Nashville that had a is, better yeah. power play. It's close. It's, it's by less than 1%. It's like a percentage point. But I'm surprised they're even in the, you know that close in the neighborhood. But they're actually even a little bit better. So I think these teams are closer than you think. And both teams are great at drawing penalties. Avs are first in the league and Preds are fourth. So I think they're, they're, both teams will get their power play on the ice. And whoever kind of performs better is going to be it's going to be have the edge there. Um, however, the Preds have the fifth most power play goals allowed per game with 0.72. So they, they do let up their fair share of power play goals, which I think that could be a, a difference maker for the Avalanche. Some keys to the series here. Avalanche, Nazem Kadri is going to be all eyes on him for this for this season because he's an X factor. He might be the X factor for this entire series. When he's healthy, when he's in, when he's in the lineup, not suspended, doing his thing, he's super effective. He's hard to contain. He's a matchup nightmare for opposing teams. He puts up points. He plays physical. He mixes it up after the whistle. However, he has been prone to getting suspended in the playoffs for boarding, for hits for behind, for crossing the line. He did it with the Avs. He did it with the Leafs. He's done it time and time again. And he's he's talked about it. He's been asked about it in recent weeks as we approach the playoffs. Like, how is he going to respond? And, and what's he expecting? And he knows that it's it's on him to not cross the line because you're – it sucks for him to not play and watch those games, but you're letting your team down. You're a huge part of, you know, how strong your team is. And when you're watching from the press box, it's, it's not helping anyone. Um, can he do it? What do you think? Do you think he, did he reins it in? Or if, if he, if he reins it in, he might not be as effective as a player though. Cause he needs to play with that edge. Like, how do you see that shaking out? Just don't hit anybody from behind. <laughs> so, uh, like, uh, I so think easy, he John. has a great playoffs. I, I think he has a fantastic playoffs. He is, like you said, the difference with his Colorado team. I think when he's on and he's playing, yes, everybody knows their first line's out of this world. He makes that second line tick. Landeskog is good. I get that. Lykanen is good. When you have a second line center with Nazim Kondry, a guy who's put up 100 points almost this season, a guy who is he's effective in all facets of the game, that's a pretty dang good you know, second line center. So I, I hope he has a good playoffs. I, I hope he doesn't do something dumb and take a run of the guy because I think his emotions get the best of him. And he just yeah. wants to do so much and he sees it. I'm going to bury this guy. And he just ends up kind of extending himself and maybe a little bit too far than he should have. But I want him to have a good playoffs because he's had such a good regular season. Right. Um, I think just another key for the Avalanche is, is Kemper. He's been really good, been one of the stronger goals in the league. Um, since joining them this year. And I think he's going to give them the edging goal if Saros is out. And that's going to be something to watch. And the flip side of that is Saros healthy. Um, and I think if, if, if the Predators, I don't think anyone gives them much of a chance if he doesn't play. Um, so I think him being healthy and, and outdueling Kemper is going to be important. Or this is kind of a, a, a big question mark, a deep, a deep stretch here. But if Riddick ends up playing and maybe he surprises you, maybe he gets hot a la... Anton Kadobin a couple of years ago, where you got this guy kind of a a one B type goalie, two A, and now he's all of a sudden playing out of his mind. Um, I think the Predators have a really strong defense, and we know that they put up points, but they also play really strong defensively. How are they going to match up against the big strong forwards, the McKinnons, the Rantanen, the Landeskogs, the Kadri's? Like, are only not only can put up points, but like are big bodies. They're big boys. They like to play the body. Um, how will Nashville play up against that? 
And I think the Nashville is going to need to stay out of the box if they hope to continue their success against Colorado. I think they're confident. They feel good. This is probably a matchup as good as they can hope for, given the season that they had, just because that they they have played really well against the Colorado Avalanche this season. And I think they, they are hoping that that can continue, especially knowing that Colorado, you know, even if they split, if they split the first two games, I think that doubt starts to creep in a little bit for, for Colorado, where they're like, is this happening again? And and Nashville is is a tough is a tough out for these guys. So I think I still like Avalanche to win this series. We'll get to our predictions, but I don't think it's quite the the slam dunk for the Avalanche that many people are looking at it like. Yeah, and I, the la- I'm gonna touch on this when I talk about Dallas, but it's a good matchup for Nashville. I think when they matched up versus Calgary, it was like looking in the mirror, but you're better looking, stronger brother. This is a good matchup for them. They're facing a Colorado team that has a lot of question marks in the playoffs. And this is playing into the way that Nashville likes to play. Colorado is, is a very skilled team. They like to get up and up and down the ice, showcase their talents. Their third line, Burkowski, New, Newhook, and Comfort. They're skill guys. Their fourth line, Cogliano, Sturm, and Helm. Mostly skill, speed. Nashville's the high, highest penalized team in the NHL. They they are built for a, a hard-fought, scrum-filled, lots of hitting, lots of back-and-forth type of game. They're going to want to slow this game down. They're going to want to play it in the corners. They're going to clog up the neutral zone. They're going to do everything they can to take away all these guys' space. They got Tanner Janot, Colton Sissons, Trennan, McCarron. They have big guys on every single line. Their defense is big and strong. That's their... That's their chance to win this series, Nashville. Can they just make it, you know, play in the mud? You know, let's just make this one zone at a time. Make Colorado work for it. And and if they can do that, this is going to be tough for Colorado. I think Colorado really wanted to play Dallas because Dallas plays that somewhat style of game. They don't have the hard, you know, physical players like Nashville does. And this is a bad matchup for Colorado. If there's an upset, this could be it because – Nashville, not so quietly, has put together a pretty solid season. Like you said, though, I think it's going to come down. Is Soros going to be able to play at some point in this series? Yeah, he might be out game one, game two. If he can come back, game three, four, five, six, seven, potentially. If Colorado gets bounced in the first, boy, imagine if Colorado and Toronto again bounce in the first round. It's just going to be Groundhog Day all over again. But, yeah, there's a lot of uh, demons to be slayed by the avalanche we'll see if they can do it but like you said this is not a slam dunk like everybody expects it to be it's going to be a very good series and nashville's a tough out they really really are is that all tim that's all you got that's it it's your turn all right i'm going to stay in the western conference and I, and I think i am going to go to a slam dunk calgary flames versus the dallas stars and like i alluded to while talking about nashville going into the regular season final it was all but you know set in stone that Nashville would play Calgary, Dallas would play Colorado. Well, leave it to the Arizona Coyotes to storm back from four, four, nothing down to just upset the Nashville Predators in overtime that forces, not forces, but it just gifts Dallas the seventh seed. So instead of Dallas having to play Colorado, they get to play the Calgary Flames. And when I look at the playoffs, who would you rather play? a team that has, you know, failed in the playoffs, a team that has a lot of question marks, superstars that maybe don't produce in the playoffs or a team coached by Daryl Sutter, a team that's just built for the playoffs, a team that's just heavy up and down the lineup, a team, like I've said, can beat you in every facet of the game. You want to play tough? Good. We'll play tough. Oh, you want to go skill? We'll play skill. Oh, you want to clog up the neutral zone and try to, you know, win the game one, nothing great. We got, we got Markstrom. who has got a million shutouts this year, whatever way you want to play, we can play you. That's what the Dallas stars have to look forward to. An interesting stat that I thought was wild, the Daryl Sutter coach team is top five of the NHL in goals for. Their first line, I don't know any other team in the NHL has this. All three guys have scored 40 goals or more. That's pretty incredible. 40 goals or more. Each of their guys, Kachuk, um, who else is it? Goudreau and Lindholm, all have 40 goals or more. It's, it's absolutely amazing what they've done this season, and they're just going to continue to do it. I don't think Dallas has a chance the one place, the only chance Dallas has, and this is a, a minute possibility, is if their first line somehow continues to play really, really good with Robertson's hints and Pavelski. That's it. 
But even them going up against Calgary's first line, I don't see them even having a chance. When you're the Flames, you could throw Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. It just nullifies Dallas's first line. So here, here we go. Calgary's better offensively. Calgary's better defensively. Calgary's better special teams. Calgary's better on the back end. Calgary's better in the pipes. Calgary's deeper. Calgary has better guys in the AHL. Calgary's got better ice. Calgary has better jerseys. Calgary's got a better coach. I know Rick Bonus has he's been around the block. He's the only coach to coach 2,500 games, most of them being an assistant coach, but good for him. Calgary's better. They dominate a five-on-five play. They dominate every facet of the game. They're scoring better than the Lightning and the Oilers. Two teams that are, that are just thought of to be like these juggernauts, offensively gifted teams. Calgary's better than them. People thought they were one-dimensional a couple of years ago. Oh, they're run and gun. They got Gaudreau. They got Kachuk. They got all these guys. Sutter has turned this team into a well-rounded, well-balanced team that does everything good, Tim. I, I, like, I, I've been saying it for months. I don't know what else I need to say. They know how to play the game. That's all there is to it. There's no, And I don't want to sound flippant when I say this. There was no chance Dallas wins this series if they just go out and play the, the way they're supposed to play. There was no chance whatsoever. Dallas is the only team to make the playoffs. This is a negative goal differential. Dallas should not be in the playoffs. This is a factor of the Western Conference being weaker. If Dallas is in the Eastern Conference, they maybe finish 12th, 11th or 12th. They have no business being in the playoffs. They got in because Vegas took a dump this season and got a bunch of injuries and every other team stunk. That's the only reason they're in. And then now there's the seventh seed. So, I like... I, I don't know what else to say. Every facet of the game, Calgary is better. Maybe Dallas can get hot and pull off an upset like they did two years ago. But when you look at their team two years ago, they had Ben Bishop and they had Anhan Hudobin. Yes, Ottinger's good. Is he to the level of those two guys with the experience with the all-star caliber play? No, not even close. So I don't want to belabor the point, like I said, and I don't want to dump on Dallas too much. People talk about X factors, Ken Sagan, Ken Ben, Ken Radulov. These guys are old. They don't do it anymore. They used to be 40, 50 goal scorers. Good for them. Sagan's stunk in the playoffs for a while now. He's he's too old. We thought he was going to have a bounce back here this year. Didn't happen. He's a serviceable third line guy. He's not a second or first line guy anymore. Everybody thinks he's going to all of a sudden have this revelation. Jamie Ben. I love Jamie Ben. He plays the plays the game. I, I love how he plays the game. He's still not going to you know, move the needle when it comes to the playoffs. If you want to match up Jamie Benn versus Mangiapane, Backlund, and Toffoli or Dubé, Dubé, by the way, who's who's been playing out of this world, he gets overshadowed because you got such great players in the first and second line. Dubé's quietly put together a last good quarter of the season. I think he's got 11 goals in his last 15 or 16 games. He's come on super strong. When you got Luch on the back end who can just Bang with the best of them. Brett Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, the, the Calgary Flames. They're a very dangerous team. Hannafin and Anderson have taken strides this season. They got 48, 50 points respectively. They have a very, very good team. You want to bang? We got Zadorov and Goodbranson with our 5-6. Good luck, Dallas. That's all I have to say. Good luck. It's going to be a fun series to watch. This one will not. Don't blink. This series will be over. All right, that's all I got, Tim. Do you have any questions about this series? I like love no. the Calgary Flames. If you if you can't tell, I love this team. I know you do, and I do too. Um, I guess I would just point out that I think we talked about a couple of shows ago. Dallas, when they went on that run two years ago, they beat Calgary, yep. they beat Colorado, they beat Vegas, and they lost to the Cup Finals to the Lightning. Like they they're capable of beating good teams. I know that none of those teams are the same as they were two years ago, but. This group has got it in them, I think, to upset some teams. They don't. Not it, It's a different team, <laughs> Calgary. Had. They, yes, there's a lot of similar players. Gaudreau was there. Mangiapane, Kachuk was there. You know, some of the players are still the same, and that might work in Calgary's favor, where they have that bad taste in their mouth. They didn't make the playoffs last year. So the, the last time they tasted the playoffs was a loss to the Dallas Stars. So they're going to be a little bitter. They're going to want to, you know, exact some revenge. And they have a different coach. They have a different system. I think Daryl Sutter had, has changed this team. He really has. He's an excellent coach, and he is built for the playoffs. We saw him. He took two L.A. Kings team, teams to the Stanley Cup title. L.A. Kings weren't the most talented team, both of those runs. 
and they won two cups. So now he has this team that is just overflowing with talent. Maybe not as much talent, rightfully so, as Toronto or Tampa Bay. They're still pretty dang talented. And he got, he's got them playing really well. So they, I'm not going to – it's funny how we're doing this. Like, I'm not going to reveal my pick to the end. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see who it, it is. It shines right. through. Yeah. yeah. All right. Who do you got next, Tim? What are we doing here? Two more to go. Yeah, uh, the Rangers and the Penguins. Uh, there's a lot of interesting storylines that I'm keeping an eye on for this one. The Rangers won the regular season matchup three to one. Um, this this is probably we talk about it all the time. You know, Bruins group, whatever. I think this is the last push for this Penguins core. You know, they're going to bring everything. It's going to be an emotional series for them, an emotional stretch run for them. Malkin and Latang are pending UFAs. Crosby's old. They're all old now, and I think there's, there's so old. They they have played really well. Crosby put up like 80-something points in 68 games or something. The Tang had a career high, I think, with 68 points, something like that. Like these guys are are doing really well still, but you only you only kind of make it last for so long. And on the flip side of that, the Bruins are 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 sorry, the Rangers are wildly unproven, I think, in the playoffs. The Penguins have all this experience, this core has won multiple cups. The Rangers, I think, in my mind, have only been among this top echelon of teams with this group for a year or two. Um, they're not; they're kind of new to the stage of being among the elite teams in the league, and they haven't proven much yet. And this is kind of interesting. The last time they won a playoff game was in 2017, and only Kreider and Zibanejad were on the team at that point. Mm. Like this is this team has had a lot of turnover. It's been several years since they've had a, a playoff win. They, they have a lot to prove. And I think we saw how well they can do in the regular season, especially looking at Shesterkin, like historic numbers. Best, I think he lapped, really, in my mind, the next best goalie in terms of Vezina votes and all that. Um, but it's time to show that he can keep it up in the playoffs as well. And you've you got the Zabanajad, You've got the Panarins of the world. What can they do in the playoffs? you got all these unproven young stars like the Freniers and Capococos what are they going to do? So I think there's a lot of questions. I think there's a lot of unknown on the Rangers where the flip side, the Penguins, you know what you're going to get. There's a great quote from uh, Gerard Gallant. And he said, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, Crosby, you know, Malkin, you know, Latang, all those players, but that doesn't worry us. They're good players. We know what they're going to bring. It's about what we're going to bring. We've done it all season. We're ready for this series. And I think that kind of, that mindset sort of echoes what I was saying too. It's just like, the Penguins, you know what they're going to do. You know what they're capable of. The Rangers could – I could easily see them. Not easily, but, like, I would not be thunderstruck if the Bruins – the Rangers lose this game in four or five – lose a series in four or five games. You know what I mean? Like, they could just as easily sweep the Penguins as be swept by them. We just don't know what they're going to get. And I think um, one of the, the key things of this is – and I didn't realize this at first when I filled out my bracket uh, the other day – Tristan Yari is out for at least two games, at least yep. two, maybe more. DeSmith's going to start. And so the Rangers, I think, are going to be really hammering these first couple of games. And even when he's back, he had a great bounce back season last year, but Jari was terrible in the playoffs the last two seasons. Those big beach ball goals, glove side, he got beat high, high side over and over again. So They were picking him apart I, up top, yeah. Yeah. Um, will he do it again if he comes back? And, you know, so I think let's kind of break this down. The keys to the series for the Penguins, you need to split in New York with Yari, with Jari out. You don't want to come home two nothing. You want to, you know, you the odds are kind of stacked against you. But I think I think winning one of these first two games is going to be absolutely critical for them. I think the secondary scoring is going to be a big piece. Like we said, we know what Crosby, Malk, and Gensel out with O'Brien Rust in with that group. We know what they're capable of. But we saw some great secondary scoring from during, from them. Um, from their depth players at different points in the season with Rodriguez, with Kapanen, Jeff Carter, who's been a force in the playoffs before, uh, Dan Hyde, and we need those guys to step up because that's going to be important. And protecting the front of their net, Chris Kreider just scored 52 goals. His career season high before that was 28, I think. And most of them were scored on the power play and in even strength by being a dominant net front presence. And they need to keep that area clear. On the, the, the Penguins do. On the flip side of that, the Rangers... They are physical. They have Reeves. They have Gaudreau. They have Kreider. They have Truba. They have Miller. They have all these guys that are going to throw their body around. I think they're going to try to establish uh, a physical dominant game early and often in the series. And I don't know really the Penguins have an answer for that. They've got some big boys. They've got Malkin. They've got Brian Boyle. They don't really have many much meanness. They don't have much toughness that, that the Rangers can bring. And I think um, if I'm the Rangers, my key is is to bring that scrappiness, physicality, 
during the play and after the whistle, get in their face, agitate them, be the dominating force of the series. Because I don't know that the Penguins can really – if the Penguins lose, I think that's going to be really a huge part of that. It's not being able to match that physicality. Um, and then one kind of guy I got my eye on is is Cop, Andrew Cop. I think he's a great player that they added. He can play any forward position. He can play the center. He can play either wing. He's strong in the faceoff dot. He can kill penalties. He's responsible on both ends of the ice, and he's got some offensive pop. He scored a hat trick at one point for the Rangers. I think he's exactly kind of the role player that wins you cups. If the Rangers go on a run, you're going to look back and say, yeah, we know where our best players were, but Andrew Kopp was one of those guys that that really helped us put us over the top. So I think he's a great player to keep an eye on. I think this series could easily be a sweep or five games. It could easily go seven. We just don't know. I think the Rangers are more the unknown commodity here. I do think they'll they'll like some of these other groups. They have something to prove. I think Panarin wants to 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 prove something. But I don't know. I don't know how it's going to shake out. What are you looking at with this series? Yeah, there's a lot of question marks with this series because these teams are they know each other. They play each other a lot. They're gosh, right next door to each other, Pittsburgh and New York. So the thing that I'm interested to see is yes, anytime Pittsburgh has Crosby, Malk, and Latang they're going to be a tough out. They really are. But this is a Rangers series to lose, in my opinion. And it all comes down to that third line. And everybody's been waiting for it. Everybody's there's been glimpses. There's been, you know, oh, he, look at that move. It's great. That's that's what we drafted him first overall for. A couple Kaka. He's got an amazing shot second overall. Can Lafreniere and Kaka, Kako do anything? Take that next step. Kind of embrace that potential. What can they do in the playoffs? They're going to be third line like they have been all season. They have an out of this world, the Rangers do, first and second line. When you can put Panarin on your second line, Cop has been a revelation. They didn't know how he was going to fit in. Panarin and him, are they work well together. Ryan Strom, he can keep up. It's a good second line. Frank Vitrano, another underrated pickup by the Rangers, he's slid in seamlessly with Zabinijad and Kreider. They have a good first and second line. How is that third line? going to match up versus Jeff Carter, Kasperi Kapanen, and Brock McGinn, because that's a pretty dang good third line for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And these two coaches, I see they just roll their lines. They're going to go one, two, three, and four. I think that's what this series is going to – there's not going to be line matching. There's not going to be this and that. Sullivan's a very hard-headed coach. Gallant's a very hard-headed coach. They're just going to go, you want to play your best? Boom, we'll play our best. Crosby's a Benajad, here we go. Malkin, Panarin, here we go. Carter, Lafreniere, and Kako. Who's going who's gonna to be the better third line? This is what this series is going to match up to be. Who's got the better third line? Which team can just take advantage of the other team's weaknesses? And I, I don't see Lafreniere and Kako stepping up. I, I really don't. As much as I like the Rangers, as much as I like Fox and Shashirskin and all these guys, I think when it comes down to it and you got a Jeff Carter, a Kapanen, and a Brock McGinn, that line will be the best third line, and they're going to get a goal a game. And that this is going to be the difference in this series. I could be wrong, but whoever comes out of this series, it's going to be a great one. This will be another seven gamer. I don't know who I'm going to pick just yet, but boy, like they're very evenly matched. I don't think the Tristan Jari thing is that big of an issue. Like you said, he isn't that great in the playoffs. I don't think the, the step down is that much from a Yari to a DeSmith. So we'll see. It's going to be a great series. The Eastern Conference is so incredibly loaded. Ah, anything else you want to touch on in this series, Tim? No, let's move on to the last one. The last one, the Eastern Conference, the Florida Panthers versus the Washington Capitals. You know, my last one was a slam dunk with the Calgary Flames and the Florida Panthers. This one's not quite of a slam dunk. They, these three teams played each other three times in November, so it might as well be five years to go. Florida won the season series two to one. Who cares? I don't really dive too much into regular season results, much like Toronto, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay waxed them eight to one Toronto beat them before that six to two. Who cares? It's, it's a brand new season. These teams are preparing for each other. Those things won't happen. What will happen is a team that averaged four over four goals a game in the regular season. You know, when they were getting four goals a game at game 30, I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, they'll die off. Game 50, they were still at above four goals a game. Like, this this can't last. 82 games, they averaged 4.11 goals a game. That's insane. That's absolutely incredible. The Washington Capitals, they're good. Yes, they had a an better season than we all expected. We all expect them to fall off. I don't think they can keep up with the Florida Panthers. I really don't. When you can throw out a lineup that as good as the Panthers have – 
the Verhaggies, the Barkovs, the Duclairs, the Huberto, an MVP candidate in my eyes. No one's talking about him. The big pickup of Claude Giroux, a huge pickup last year of Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhardt. I think those two guys are so incredibly good. The big question mark for Florida, Sergey Sergei Bobrovsky. You brought this guy in. You pay him $10 million bucks. If Florida has any hope of winning a Stanley Cup, and they do have a hope. They really, really do. This is a deep team. They have stars up and down the lineup. Can Sergei Bobrovsky be the guy? We talk about Vasilevsky. We talk about how good he is in the playoffs. We talk about how good he is in the regular season. Season. If those two guys are playing their best, best A1, Bobrovsky's better. He is. He has more talent. He's, he's just a better goalie when he's on his game. We saw it when he was in Columbus. He's a very dangerous goalie when he is just seeing the puck, when, he, when he's just feeling it. When he's not, he's a terrible goaltender. That's the difference between him and Vasilevsky. When Vasilevsky's not feeling it, his save percentage is 916. When Bob isn't feeling it, his save percentage is 858. Like It's a huge chasm between his A-plus game and his B game. Like There's a big gap there. So what goalie are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy last year who flamed out? Are we going to get the guy who was just an all-star? Give him 10 million bucks. He's going to be our Ken Dryden and lead us to five Stanley Cups. That's the big issue for the Florida Panthers. They have, they have no business losing this series. They should sweep for nothing. But we don't know. We don't know which team is going to show up. Yes, they're going to score a ton of goals. Yes, from top to bottom. They led the league in chances for percentage. They led the league in goals for almost. They're, like, their offense set records. I know we talk about records. They set records up and down the season. So what, which team is going to show up on the back end? Bobrovsky is the X factor. He's the guy I want to watch. Washington, it's Ovi. Is Ovi back to being 100%? He has, if they have any chance of competing in this series, he has to be there. He's missed the last three games. They've lost the last three games. He is the straw that stirs the drink. He is the drink. He is the cup. He is the ice. He is this whole team. If he's not there, they shouldn't even bother showing up because they will be outmatched and they have no chance at all. And they might even still be outmatched with Ovechkin there. I've said it throughout the whole regular season. There's seven really good teams in the Eastern Conference. And Washington is good. There's seven teams that I could see winning a Stanley Cup in the Eastern Conference. Not Washington. And there's a reason for that. They're older, they're slower. They're not as good as the seven teams in front of them. Now, maybe we could throw back the clock and have one good series where Ovi shows up, Kuznetsov shows up, Oshie's there. You got Tom Wilson, who's always a pest in the playoffs. John Carlson stops playing like a turnstile and just plays really hard-nosed playoff hockey like they did when they won the Cup in 2018. We'll see. The last few seasons in the playoffs, Washington stinks. But I'm interested. I'll be, I'll be tuning in. If only to see which team we get out of Washington and which team we get out of Florida. Florida needs to do it. They did it in the regular season. Are they the new version of the Toronto Maple Leafs where they just kill it in the regular season? They blow the doors off all these teams they play. They're scoring four goals a game. The one thing I like about Florida, they can come back. They have that resolve. So many times this season, they went into the third period down four to one, down three to three to nothing. They come back and they win. They have that kind of makeup that you need in the playoffs. They're not going to give up. They come back. They win games they rightfully shouldn't have won. I don't know why, but they do. They have a lot of good players who just play the game the right way. Barkov is a stud. He's a good captain. I would love to see Jumbo raise the cup, but I just, like I said a few weeks ago, I have a question mark with Florida. I can't just hand them you know, the Eastern Conference just yet. There's too many other good teams, and they have too many question marks that need to be answered. Right now, they are better top to bottom than the Washington Capitals. Don't even get me started on Washington's goaltending situation because it is absolutely just – you think Florida has the question mark? Look at – when you look at Washington, you go, okay, who, who are we going to start on the back end? Samsonov? Meh. Vanacek? Meh. Both of those goalies are just – I don't know what to think of them. They're young. They've shown flashes of greatness, but they've also shown more flashes of just mediocre play. So we'll see. Samsonov's going to get the nod. He will have the shortest leash out of every goaltender in the whole playoffs. As soon as he shows any signs of faltering, we're going to put Vanacek in. And then if he shows faltering, boom, back and forth. It would not surprise me if both of these goalies play two games in this series. Just because I think Florida's going to shell them. I think the scores are going to be 7-3, 8-5. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Both of these teams' defense is suspect. 
more so on Washington side and their goaltenders, massive question marks. Are we going to see friend of the show, Spencer Knight? How great would that be for the, for the Florida Panthers? That would be unbelievable. But yeah, that's my breakdown. Florida is a great team. It's, it's theirs to lose. Lots of question marks, but I think they will answer them easily enough versus the Washington Capitals. And there you have it, everybody. An in-depth breakdown of every single matchup for the upcoming Stanley Cup playoffs, which starts tonight, Tim. We're going to get into that when we do our points bet. We got to do a, a, what's it called? DoorDash, too. Go to DoorDash, promo code, you know it all. Jay, drop in the glove. What's our promo code? GlovesDD, if you're in Canada. GlovesDD, US, if you're in the US of A. You get big, big money off. It's great. So check it out. Use DoorDash, and uh, we'll do points bet in a second. Let's do our picks, Tim. Round one, every single series, shall we? Let's do them all. All right, let's start with the Bruins versus Hurricanes. Who do you like? I like the Hurricanes. I really do. I think they have a deeper team, top to bottom. I like the way that more things have to go right for the Bruins and way more things have to go wrong for the Hurricanes in order for them to lose. So I'm taking the Hurricanes. Who? Hmm. Who are you going to take, Tim? I wonder. Yeah, I got the Bruins. I, I like them in this series. I think it'll be close, um, but I give them I give them an edge. I know it's probably a little bit of an underdog pick. I do think the Canes might be a better team, but I'll take the Bruins. Okay, what do uh, we got next? Leafs, Lightning. Oh, my gosh. This is such – like, my heart honestly wants to go with Toronto, but my mind's telling me no. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay. I just – I have to. It's just the history – the makeup of the team, I think Tampa Bay is is too too much for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm go I'm going the Lightning. I am too, and it's funny too because the odds have like basically uh, given the the Leafs a 66 percent chance of winning the series. Like the Vegas loves them, um, they're the favorites in in both in both odds and in standing. So this would be an upset, but I can't really see it that way. So I got the Lightning as well. Nice. Um, What's next? King Kings versus Oilers. It's Oilers. Like there's no, there's no chance the Kings even steal. Maybe they steal one game. Who do you got? Yeah, I like the Kings. This is this is one of my big upsets in this. I, I was think, about to write just, down Oilers, and now I have to erase it. I'm writing Kings for you. <laughs> yep. This is this is this is one of my uh, out there picks for this one. It's definitely right. out there. Flames, Flames, Stars. I think I, I made my pick evident. Flames. I'm going Flames and four. We should say how many games, but yeah. All right, sorry. Who are you taking? You're taking Flames too? I'm taking Flames as well. Okay. Uh, Avalanche versus Predators. This is my upset. No. I'm taking the Preds. I'm taking the Preds. And I said it before. It has to be a wild card team taking on a number one overall team. I just, for, for whatever reason, I know Daryl Sutter said, I feel bad for the team who plays the um, Avs in the first round because they're going to get steamrolled. I feel like the Preds are that team. They're a tough out. They really are. And maybe the, the Avs win four straight, but I'm gonna. this is my upset. I'm taking the Preds over the Avalanche. I just, I don't think the Avs, for whatever reason, I, I just don't think they're going to do it. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I don't want to lose a good team early in the playoffs. I love having a good, like, final four. The last few seasons, we've been robbed of that by having junky teams in there, Dallas, Montreal. I want to have, like, just the top four teams in the final four. Like, Colorado... Calgary, Tampa Bay, Florida. It'd be epic, but I don't think it's going to happen. Preds are going to win. Who Never does. Uh, I like the abs. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't okay. see it. Okay, Rangers, Penguins. <sighs> Man, I'm going Rangers. It's I, I, Shashirskin. He's a difference maker for me. I, I think he's going to win. I think, I think Lafreniere will have a good series. I think we're going to see some stuff out of him. So I'm going the Rangers. This is one of my I, – I, I don't, you, don't, you don't like calling it an upset, but I like the Penguins in this one. The, to me, the Rangers are just they're – the, they're the exact team I see, like high expectations, high-powered offense, great goalie, expectations are high, and they just let us down. This is, this is who they are for me. So I could see that playing out either way, but I like the Penguins in this one. Uh, Caps, Panthers, you like the Panthers? Yeah, Panthers, obviously. We all do. The whole world does. Hopefully. Here's a big one. This is this could easily go either way. Blues I don't want to do this one because it's so hard. I'm still so torn. I've been thinking about it all weekend. I don't know what to think. My allegiance to Minnesota is there, but St. Louis has had such a strong season. I have to go with Minnesota. I have like I want to say St. Louis. Like that's my if I was going to bet a million dollars, I probably would bet St. Louis. But I 
I just love Minnesota. They have too many friends of the show on the sh- on the team. So I'm going Minnesota, even though I could totally see St. Louis winning this series. Yeah, I, I'm going with St. Louis. I just watching them play. It's just they're such a good team. They scored more goals than the Avalanche this year. Like this is a a great great team. I could see it going either way. I hope it goes seven. I think it will, but I'll, I'll pick the Blues here. So we have four similar picks in Tampa Bay, the Panthers, and then with no, we have two similar picks. The other six, no, no, we have the Flames. So we have three the same, five that are uh, contrasting. It's going to be a great playoff series. We'll talk to everybody I on like Wednesday. We'll, well, we might even do every day. We'll see how it goes because the playoffs, they, it, it moves so fast. It moves Let's so do fast. A quick, we uh, game and do more episodes. What's that? Let's do a quick points bet pick here. We All right, four, games, four tonight. games tonight. We got Bruins, Hurricanes, Tim. Who do you got? Bruins in game one. I'm taking the Hurricanes. Essential. To the Bruins run. goaltender situation scares me. It really does. All right, Lightning, Maple Leafs. Uh, Maple Leafs. I'm going to go the Leafs as well. I think they come out of the gate flying. I think they're going to surprise the Lightning. Blues, Wild. Blues. I'm going to go the Wild. Kings, Oilers. It's Oilers. 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 Kings. I think uh, I want the Edmonton is going to be hitting the panic button tonight. I can't wait for it. So give me game. That's on. why they got Evander Kane. He's so cool, calm, and collected that guy. He's going to calm them all down. I'm going to go the Oilers in game one just to. Yes. It's going to be a route that series. But anyways, everybody, thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. Check us out wherever you get your podcast. Slay us down a five-star. Hope everybody has a great week ahead. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.